Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Are you an evil baby? Oh, you little evil white baby, you're so cute. Coochie, coochie, coo! Quick reminder on critical race theory. Critical race theory is that uh, whites are the oppressor and blacks are the oppressed, aka one is bad and one is good. It's a subset of critical theory, which says that um, humanity can be divided into always into two groups of oppressor and oppressed. So, you know, you grab something like gender or race or class or sexuality and anything that, you know, anything that humanity has going, you know, you can grab countries, you can pit two, you know, two countries. Anyways, you always have an oppressor and an oppressed. There can never be like a even playing field. There's always an evil side and a good side. So there was some uh, stuff in the news recently about uh, some army generals, like super high up army generals, basically supporting critical race theory or, you know, whatever, going with the new woke ideology. Like, you know, you'd never think a general would do that stuff, but they were, do they were doing that. Like, I think one of the generals was recommending that, I guess, the troops, you know, read um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Stuff like that. Stuff that says that all white people are inherently evil and so on. You know, so I'm sure you heard. So now the generals are doing it. You've already heard that, like, you know, Coca-Cola and Nike are teaching their, um, you know, they're having, they're bringing in outside people to give seminars that teach white people that they're all evil. Whiteness, right? You have the disease of whiteness, I think is how they put it. They don't say evil. That would be, you know, I just, that's what it means. But anyways, they don't say that. They say you have whiteness. Whiteness running through your veins. And education, like obviously college has been doing this for quite a while already, uh, but like there's some there's some giant teachers union, it's the largest one in the nation, that somehow it has teachers in every state. It must not be a normal teachers union because I think, normally I think that's like a, you know, each state has its own union or maybe each city, I don't know. Anyways, but there is some giant one and they want to teach critical race theory. And then uh, later on I will talk about how you know, people who are producing media for kids, whatever, doing stuff for kids, and they want to get in there, whatever, they want to get in their critical race theory ideas, and, you know, other social justice ideas, like how, it, you know, uh, being transgender is good, and straight is evil. But so anyways, let's, let's just, let's start with the generals, because this covers the corporations. So why the heck would generals be pushing critical race theory stuff? I mean, the place that they get soldiers is going to be like, Middle class, lower middle class, you know, basically white men. It's going to be the first thing. And then after that, it's going to be middle class and lower middle class black men and, you know, women from both of those classes. And none of them are really interested in a bunch of critical race theory stuff. And as far as I know, you know, normally when you hear about the army, it's like they're doing stuff bad that's bad because they're uh, they're too on the right. You know, they... Like, you gotta be a born-again Christian if you want the people in your platoon to accept you. Uh, every one of them votes for, you know, the Republican, even when there's a Democratic president in charge, you know? And what do they think about that? So anyways, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't think the bottom part of the military has changed, but the top part has changed, and here's the reason why. You know, if you're a general, you get to retire at, I don't know what, 55, 65? You know, probably closer to 55 with some amazing pension. You know, you don't want to sit around the house and play golf all day. You know, you're 55. You're at the top of your game. Um, you know a lot of things that people don't know. You know how to control and you know control a thousand men, and you know how to buy jets that cost a hundred million dollars each.
So what do you do? Well, you go get a job with a defense contractor. You know, and now, you know, even you know, your your pension is only $175,000 a year. But that defense contractor will pay you probably a million dollars a year because if they can just sell one extra jet and you know how to get them get that done, you're a gold mine for them. So basically, generals are about to go work at large corporations. And so their incentives are the same as high up people at large corporations. So why are the people in the C-suite getting woke? The C-suite is a, that's a term for all the high up executives at American corporations. Well, let's, let's imagine one of these C-suite executives. Um, well, they're going to be real educated, you know, they probably have an MBA from Harvard, you know, depending, you know, if you go to a real fancy company like Coca-Cola, you know, now you're going to have, you know, MBAs from Harvard, you know, maybe not Harvard, they got, you know, in, I guess in Coca-Cola, that's in Georgia, so, you know, they got their MBA from Georgia Tech, they're probably, you know, 40 to 55 years old, and then here's the kicker, they're a white male. So basically, it's like, what could threaten someone who has the exact right education, someone who's worked hard their entire life, and, you know, has the exact right experience, you know, to run whatever division that they're running or to run whatever corporation they're running. You know, like, they, they are the best. There is no one better at what they do. So what could possibly threaten someone who's the absolute best at what they do? Well, if people start saying, you know what, we don't really care who's the absolute best at what they do. There's not enough diversity around here, so we want to replace you, right? Like, normally, if you're the best... You can't be replaced, right? Because, you know, in a meritocracy, a so-called meritocracy, the best person has nothing to worry about because there is no one better to replace them. Therefore, their job is secure. But if you say, you know what, we're going to change the rules. We don't actually care who's the best. We want to choose someone based on their race and gender. So, you know, what do you do? You know, now you're, your way of life, you know, everything that you like to do, you know, you're probably going to be fine, you know, maybe if you get fired from here, you can go somewhere else, but still, it's a little bit of a threat, you know, like, you've never been threatened in your life, like, you know, you are the person who has all the power, what's up with this other people having possibly some power over you, what are you going to do? Well, you're white, and you're a male, and so you can't change those things, or at least, I guess you could change the male part of your early try, but, you know, that's not worth doing, there's an easier thing to do, and that is to just go crazy with the woke stuff. You know, if the if the top 20 manage, management people at Coca-Cola, you know, like, they don't care about numbers 21 on down. Who cares about them? But, you know, they're in charge. The top 20 people, they're like, you know what? We're going to make this whole company woke. And then when people come calling for our heads saying that we need to be replaced with, uh, you know, black and brown and female faces, you'd say... Don't replace us. Look at us. We are the we are fighting the battle. Like you know, you want to you want get a, you want to get rid of a person who's who's mandated, you know, uh, whiteness training for every white person in a company of fifty thousand. You know, don't get rid of me. I'm your ally. I'm a good person. You know, maybe say you're like an owner of, you know, one of the big the big tech companies. You know, Google, Amazon, Facebook, etc. I mean, you make those Coca Cola executives look like nothing. You are like a god. You control, you control the world. You have more power than presidents. You are a god among men. And there's only one thing that can threaten your godhood. And that's if enough people start calling you racist. So if someone writes a letter like James Damore, look up his letter, it's amazing, at Google and says, you know, the reason why there isn't more women here is because women like going into 
the smartest women like going into healthcare, not software engineering. Well, you better fire that mother grabber right now. That's putting a target on your back. So I guess basically we do have, we have a little bit of a revolution going on and it is working. The super powerful people, you know, their money's not getting taken away, their power's not getting taken away, but they are forced to do, basically they're forced to virtue signal. I don't think they're doing anything that's really helping black or brown or female or anyone. They're not doing anything that's actually helping the world. But uh, they are forced to, you know, do a little pantomime marionette show for everyone to say that they're on the right side of history. And I should mention that teacher's union that I mentioned, mention, 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 um, whatever, that's K through 12. I, I don't think I made that clear, but that's for kids. Well, and you know, speaking of teaching kids, um, I wanna make up a story about a teacher. Uh, I like making up stories. These stories are not true, but they're fun to make up. So, you know, imagine you're like a 30 year old white woman who teaches grade school, you know, so you got out of college, you know, I think, I think if you're 30 now, you've probably been told that white people are bad. I think, I think K through 12, but anyways, definitely through college, you know, you, you got the memo, you believe it, you've internalized it. White people are bad and you know, they, whatever, all they've ever done is bad stuff. And you know, you don't, you don't say to your, whatever, but you don't think yourself, you don't think of yourself as bad. That's how people are able to do it. They're like, all white people are bad. And then it's like, well, not me, not my friends, not anyone I ever met, but all white people are bad. You know, maybe you think that's Trump supporters, or maybe you just think it's, you know, it's just white people. It's just whiteness. It's a whiteness thing, right? It's just an amorphous, has no shape thing that's out there, but it's not actually you. And you know, you're 30. So at, uh, at about 29, you and your husband were like, yeah, I think we better, uh, pop the cork and have a baby. And so you're a 30 year old mom and you've got a beautiful little white baby. Heaven forbid, but it's a baby boy. Well, so, you know, the various brain chemicals that go along with motherhood are just shooting through your brain like a fire hose. You love that baby more than anyone has ever loved anything. Definitely more than you've ever loved anything before. You just love that baby boy. But, so you know that, I mean, you know, the day this baby boy is born, you know, he has whiteness going, and he also has maleness going, and probably has cisgenderness going, and, but, you know, there's, there's a cognitive dis dissonance. You just, you just put that in a different part of your brain. You know, there's, there's a part of your brain that says whiteness is bad, and then there's a part of your brain that says my baby is the greatest thing in the universe. So, they don't really contradict. Your brain doesn't let those two things contradict, because otherwise it would be a problem. Well, so, anyways, with your baby and your grade schoolers, you're just going to teach them uh, two contradictory things, which is that, you know, their whiteness is bad, so they're, you know, they're part of a bad group, and so they're inherently evil for that, but also every one of them is a wonderful child, and they're all wonderful. So anyways, you're going to teach your baby and the other kids. They're all evil, and they're all wonderful. And, uh, you know, maybe Netflix will help you out with that type of teaching. So the new Quillette podcast has a discussion on uh, what kind of left-wing stuff is being, I don't know, I guess, whatever, fed to our children. We're talking about how, like, uh, I guess Blue's Clues has a episode coming up that uh, teaches kids to, whatever, that being transgender is just fine. And Netflix is making a children's cartoon uh, based on the book How to Be an Anti-Racist. By Ibram X. Kendi, he's kind of the 
whatever. He's the guy that people have given hundreds of millions of dollars to to uh, fight racism. I don't think he's done anything with that money that's successfully fought any racism. Uh, but you know, he'll call you a racist if you like. But anyways, one of the one of the guys is talking about he um, the in the Toronto Library they used to have like a drag queen show for little kids, and like he went to one and. Like the moms, basically, it's a bunch of woke moms, and they love it. They, you know, they're like, they're like, look how progressive I am, look how tolerant I am, look how awesome I am. I'm a, I'm an amazing person. You know, I don't even think they're saying amazing mom. Maybe they are. I'm an amazing person and an amazing mom because I go and support drag queen stuff. But he's saying you look at the kids and they just kind of have a confused look on their face because you know, like, what is a drag queen? And if you want to explain, you know, if you're if you want to be one of those parents who always speaks honestly and you want to tell a kid, you know, tell your four-year-old what a drag queen is, well the first thing you're going to have to talk about is, you know, this is what sex is between two people. This is what gay sex is. You know, here's the history of people being um discriminated again because of who they want to have sex with. And then finally, this is, you know, this is the aesthetic camp. Okay, I misspoke. The Ibram X. Kendi book is not how to be an anti-racist, although he did write that book. He wrote another book. It's called Anti-Racist Baby. And I haven't read it. I think it's kind of, I think like a lot of the pages in the book are blank. You know, it's like you kind of, whatever, the kid gets to draw in the book. And I think it gives you, it kind of gives them, prom, you know, it gives the kid prompts to, uh, you know, tell them what to draw about. And I think it's something like, uh, you know, like, what do, what do people think about Arabs or something? And then the kid is supposed to, I guess, draw a person with a turban, you know, like a turban on, some sort of Arab hat on or whatever. You know, maybe bombing a World Trade Center if the kid is aware of that. And then maybe, like, discuss it with their parents and why, you know, that ain't true and how that's that's racist, you gotta fight that, you know, just, just saying you know that Arabs don't all wear turbans is not enough, you're gonna have to do something to, whatever, you're gonna have to attack all the white men who think that Arabs wear turbans, I guess, and if you're a, a male white baby, then, uh, you know, you're gonna, you may have to attack yourself a little bit, you know, maybe, uh, get one of those flagellation whips and smack your back. They give a few more examples of, uh, you know, woke, corporate stuff. Uh, one of them is, I guess there's a, Kellogg's came out with a LGBTQ Pride Month cereal. Uh, like the name of the cereal is Together with Pride or something. And it doesn't, anyways, it doesn't say anything else, I guess, beyond that. But it has uh, pictures of like Toucan Sam and the Rice Krispie Trio and uh, the Frosted Flakes Tiger. And, you know, whatever, that's fine. I guess the interesting thing that they imagine is like you know like you know here's all these marketing executives at Kellogg's and they're talking about doing this thing and the question is do they do like a focus group you know do they get like a bunch of moms together of the correct age and ask them what they thought of this cereal or do they just put the cereal out and they say, and I, I think they're right, they just put the cereal out. It's not like, oh, is this going to be a popular cereal? No, this was a, you know, this will make all the woke employees at Kellogg feel a little, bitter, a little bit better about their job. Um, maybe the moms who buy it 
if they hate sugar cereal, they can feel a little bit better about it that, that time. And I think they're just doing it for a month, and it's just like, you know, who cares? But uh, we can, you know, once again, the executives can say, you know, you know, you're down the line when people are calling for their heads because of Tony the Tiger is racist because of uh, the little Sambo story or something. Uh, they'd be like, hey, man, we just did a LGBTQ cereal. What do you want from us? Leave us alone. <laughs> Let us keep making our millions. And make our taxes low, please, while you're at it. Then another thing they talk about is like, uh, well, they bring up um, the Charlie's Angel movie, the recent one, which did not do well, but apparently was very woke. And then also there was a Jordan Peterson. He's a guy that woke people hate. Anyways, he had a book that was real successful. And so the similar thing between those two is that, you know, just like a person who makes the Charlie's Angel movie feel bad they're like oh man the movie i made tanked or are they like hey i made this movie it's super woke you know it's going to teach uh everyone who watches it uh you know the correct worldview of, of you know of how things should be and so even if we didn't make a lot of money hey you know it's going to live forever on the streaming services and will forever be uh pushing out the correct uh politics and so i can feel good even if i didn't make money at least i got the correct politics out there and then the, the book publishing company that did the Jordan Peterson book and made a ton of money off of it, like people got pissed. So they went and, um, you know, some of the workers of that company, they went and found a uh, trans person, trans author. And so they put a ton of money into um, advertising this trans author's book. And it flopped, you know, just, just like Charlie's Angels, it flopped. But... You know, amongst their co-workers, they're heroes. You know, they're not heroes because they made a bunch of money. Like, you know, the person who probably helped get the Jordan Peterson book out and made a ton of, mo ton of money that pays for these trans books that don't sell. Like, you know, no one's patting them on the back. But, yeah, you got a trans book sold, or you, know, you got a trans book published, and you got a whole bunch of advertising for it. So you're a good person. So, like, normally you'd say, well, you know, any employee or company that isn't interested in making money will soon be replaced by another company that is interested in making money but anyways that doesn't happen that fast i guess and uh i guess you know i think every publishing book publishing uh company and probably every hollywood studio is getting woke so if you're all doing it you know maybe you just all make a little less money and then uh, you're all okay now so that's enough of that i guess the the last interesting thing that i learned was so this guy was writing an article on all these, you know, transgender or critical race theory things, um, entertainment made for kids, and I guess he's a reputable reporter, uh, you know, this is being published in a right-wing website, because obviously ain't no normal website gonna do anything like that, it's too close to sounding like criticism of trans and blacks, or I guess the allies of trans and blacks. But anyways, he's a reputable reporter, and you know, and he normally contacts people to get their side of the story. Like, you know, if he's getting one person's side of the story, he contacts the other person. So on this one, he went out of his way to contact absolutely tons and tons and tons of people, you know, to get their uh, comments on this stuff. And uh, no one would talk to him. Like, I'm trying to imagine, you know, you're, you're, a, Net you're a Netflix person, you're like, yeah, we're going to make an anti-racist baby TV show. Now, I think it'd be real easy to, you know, write the press release for it. You know, like, America has a, America is systemically racist, 
and we want to do our part for the black and brown people of America. So that part's real easy. But then it's going to be hard to answer questions. You know, if you, you know, like, uh, you know, do you think a three-year-old can understand a history of oppression or whatever? You know, just basically, you know, basically questions about kids, right? It's very easy to say America's racist and we're doing this because America is racist. But it's going to be hard to answer those questions about, you know, why two, three, four-year-olds need to be taught certain things at certain ages and whether or not they're ready for it. Um, so whatever. I think, you know... It ain't going to make everyone happy because some people are going to be like, I don't want my two-year-old hearing about people being whipped or whatever the heck it is. Or how Texas had sodomy outlawed until the 80s. I should make this correction. Uh, I don't think Ibram X. Kendi has been given hundreds of millions of dollars to fight racism. I know he's been given tens of millions. It might even go over $100 million, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't go over $200 million, So I exaggerated. Mia culpa.